Welcome to the podcast of Life Church in Houston, Texas. We are so glad that you are joining us today. We hope that this message inspires your week, builds your faith, and ultimately brings you closer to Christ. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the podcast. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, Friendswood. Friendswood, would you help me just welcome in our Houston campus and everybody watching online? So, so glad to be with you this morning. I'm excited to continue our series that we're in right now called Awaken. And we're also in the middle of our, we're going into the last week of our 21 days of prayer. And this topic, Awaken, this, this word, it's been a word of emphasis for us at Life Church since the beginning of the year. We really feel like coming into this year as we were praying and asking God for direction and, and asking God what he wanted for this house, for this church, In the year 2022, we really felt like the word that God dropped in our hearts was awaken. And we developed a prayer guide that that we have distributed and that we've been praying through. We started it in January and we're back in it here in August. But what's the point of it? It's this, that God has a life that he's calling all of us to live. He has a life. He's, He's created us with a purpose, for a purpose. And he's calling to us to awaken and realize the full benefits of that life. The full power that comes with living that life. This is what Ephesians chapter 5 verse 14 says. Awake, O sleeper. Arise from the dead and Christ will shine on you. You see, in the Bible, in the New Testament, when someone was referred to as being asleep, or like it says, arise from the dead, if you're asleep or you're dead, it's talking about in a spiritual sense. That person that has not encountered and had that full revelation of the life that God has called them to live. And so that's what this purpose, the purpose of this series uh, is for. It's because when God is calling us to awaken, we don't want to be asleep, right? We don't want to hit the snooze button. You guys ever, listen, when I was young, high school, I was notorious for just ignoring the wake up calls of my parents, okay? I would wait till the last possible minute. So my dad got in this, this, um, he started doing this routine, I guess, with me. He'd, he'd call me maybe three times, and if I wouldn't get out of bed, he'd come to my, my room and he'd have a glass, a glass of uh, cold water, and he'd just pour a little bit on my face. And if I wasn't awake at that point, I'm awake now. I think some, some of us might need God just to like pour some water on our face and awaken. God has a full life for us, he has a purpose for us, And the full life that God has for us ultimately is about us serving and making a difference in the world around us. That's the journey that God has for all of us. Whether Whether you're new on your journey or whether you've been coming to church for 50 years, guess what? God's purpose for you is to be making a difference in the world around you. And not just making a temporary difference, but making an eternal difference, an eternal impact on the lives of the people around you. And so I don't want to be spiritually dead. I don't want to be spiritually asleep, especially in a day and age where so many people need to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. So many people need to experience and encounter the power of the Holy Spirit. So many people need to find the hope that is in Jesus. And so just to recap this series, of course, today we're in part three. So if you've missed either part one or two in the month of August, I encourage you to go back You can go to our website, life.cc, and you'll find our YouTube page. You'll find the first two messages uh, in this series because these kind of build upon each other. We're in week three, but really to get to to where we're at today, you need to go back to the beginning and kind of follow this process. Week one, we talked about what the beginning of this process looks for everyone, and that's repentance. Repentance. And remember, in week one, we said it's not, it's not just the first step. It is the first step, but it doesn't stop there. It's a lifestyle of repentance. It's constantly making up your mind that you're going to follow Jesus and you're going to surrender your heart to him. That's what repentance is, making up your mind to follow Christ and surrender your heart. Put aside your preferences. Put aside your own desires. Put aside the way you think things need to be done or what you think is okay and say, I'm going to put those things aside I'm going to follow you. Week two, last week we talked about the power of the Holy Spirit. Because you know, just us making up our minds and developing a routine and trying to develop self-discipline is not going to be good enough when it comes to dealing with our sin. 
We need the power of the Holy Spirit. Why? Because that is what transforms our hearts. That's what changes us from the inside out to look more like Jesus and so that we have the power to do the work that Jesus is calling us to do. So here we are in week three, and really, I got to tell you, this is where the fun begins, okay? Like, this is, where, this is where this journey, this process of an awakening, this is where it gets fun. This is where we experience that fullness of life. Remember, Jesus said in John 10, 10, I have come that they may have life, but not just ordinary life, Jesus said. I didn't come just so you could have ordinary, mundane, boring life. I have come so that they may have life more abundantly. This is where that abundant life starts. This is where the purpose, the calling, the influence begins in the life of someone who is repenting and full of the power of the Holy Spirit. This is where the fun begins. To be fully awake, to step into the life that God has for all of us, guess what? God is calling each of us to live a life of holiness. Holiness. Much like repentance, this is one of those Bible words. What is holiness? Very simply, this is what holiness is. Living a life of holiness means being set apart to glorify God. It means that your life is set apart for the purpose of bringing glory to God. Don't you know this is what what God's intention was from the very beginning? When God created man, he's, he's created man in his image to do his work on the earth, to reflect his image to the world and bring him glory. That's God's purpose. And he's called you and I to live a life of holiness, meaning we're set apart for our lives to glorify God. 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 13 through 16 say this. The apostle Peter, he's saying, prepare your minds for action. Hey, I think that's repentance. That's making up your mind. I'm, I'm going to follow Christ. Prepare your minds for actions for action and exercise self-control. Put all your hope in the gracious salvation that will come to you when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world. So you must live as God's obedient children. Don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. This is ongoing repentance Peter is talking about. You didn't know any better then. Listen, I used to live a life that was really messed up really corrupt, evil, wicked, just being honest with you. And then when I had the encounter with, with Christ that changed my life, I still made mistakes, but, but there was something different. You see, I, I knew better now. I, I knew better than to go back to the, the lifestyle that was killing me, the lifestyle that was destroying me. Here Peter says, live as God's obedient children. Don't slip back to your old ways and satisfy those desires. You didn't know any better then, but now... You must be, what does that say? Holy. Say it with me. Holy. You must be holy in everything you do. Just as God who chose you is holy. God is set apart. God is is set apart. He's in his own category. There's nobody like God. There's nothing like God. There's no idea. There's no philosophy. There's no political party. There's no government that is like God. He is holy and set apart. And just like God who called us and has the best life we could ever live, we must be holy in everything we do. For the scriptures say, you must be holy because I am holy. Now immediately our minds, I know, immediately our minds might go to this, well, what, I gotta be holy, like immediately we're trying to make a list. Well, what, all, what do I have to do? What are the things I need? How do I need to dress? And how do I need to act? And how do I need to talk? And how many hours do I need to pray? How many scriptures do I need to memorize? Which ones are the most important so I can be sure to memorize those? But really what God, what Peter is saying is, I am set apart and the life that I have for you is for you to be set apart so you can do my work. Our God who created us to follow him is holy And the life, the life that he has created all of us to live, it is the best life we could ever live. It's the best life. And it's, and maybe you haven't realized that yet. Maybe you haven't experienced that yet. Maybe, maybe church just feels like mundane, routine, maybe being involved or your journey of faith is just feeling a little mundane, routine. You feel like you're, you're stuck in a rut, but can I tell you that the life that God really intends for you to live is full of adventure. 
It's getting your hands and feet involved in things that are changing the world. It's getting involved in things that are making an impact in our communities and reaching for people that are hurting and broken. The life that God has for you is full of adventure. And it's not just full of adventure, guess what? It's full of work. It's full of hard work. But that hard work brings what you need the most and that's fulfillment in your life. Knowing that your life has made a difference. Knowing that your life matters. Even secular sociologists agree. When they go on the human hierarchy of needs, at the very pinnacle of that, the greatest need that any human being can have is that, that feeling of fulfillment. It's called transcendence is what sociologists call it. Transcendence. Knowing that your life has, has made a difference in the world around you, that you have done something beyond just serving yourself, but you've made an impact in the lives of people around you. And that's the life that God has for you. God knows that that's our greatest need. He created us for that to be our greatest need. God created every human being for, to have that need of feeling like my life matters, my life has made a difference, and that's what people are searching for, and God has that for us. That's what this series is about. Because I, I grew up in church, I, I, I know that sometimes it can just feel like, uh, like I said, like a routine, like maybe you're stuck in a rut, or maybe you're just going through the motions. Well, it's time to wake up. It's time to wake up, because God has the best life for us. It's full of adventure, it's full of fun, it's full of fulfillment, it's full of work. It's an amazing life. And holiness is a big part of that, because if we're going to live that life, and if we're going to do the things that God needs us to do in the world, we have to be set apart. We have to be set apart. Holiness is not, I know some people might have some baggage with this, Holiness is not a dress code, but it does include modesty. Holiness is not about how well you can follow a list of rules, but it is about discipline. Holiness is not about how many hours you spend in prayer, but it is about the content of your prayer. Holiness is not about how much scripture you can memorize, but it's about hiding the word of God in your heart. You see the difference, it's almost like we're looking at the same things but through two different lens, right? One of them is pride and the other is holiness. So what is true holiness if it's not these things? True holiness is a life that honors and pleases God on all levels possible. A life that honors and pleases God on all levels possible. That means the thoughts that we think the words that we speak, what we do with our hands, what we allow our eyes to see, how we treat others, how we manage our time, how we manage our finances, all of these things go into holiness, pleasing and honoring God on all levels possible. First Thessalonians chapter four, verses seven through eight say this. God has called us to live holy lives, not impure lives. He's called us to be set apart and not follow the ways of the world. He's called us to be disciplined and have self-control and not give in to our, our body's desires. Therefore, anyone who refuses to live by these rules is not disobeying human teaching, but is rejecting God who gives his Holy Spirit to you. See, a lot of times I, I'm, I'm just, this is what my job is to share scripture with you and teach you scripture. And, and sometimes there's things within scripture that can be very challenging to all of us, myself included. I'm not exempt from this. There's things in scripture that are very challenging, but it's not human teaching that, that, we're, that we're looking at. It's not human teaching that we're trying to align our lives with. It's the word of God. And if we decide at any point that we can do things better, or that I can make my own decisions for how I'm going to handle this situation, immediately your life is out of order. Immediately what you're doing is putting yourself above God. Remember, it's going back to that lens. One is pride, one is holiness. Holy living means that your whole life, everything about you, 
your work ethic, the way you treat your friends, what you do with your free time, everything, everything. Everybody say everything. Everything. A holy life is about everything that you do. You need to be set apart, reserved to give glory to God. That's what the scriptures teach. It's a life of discipline, focus, and it's a life of attention to matters of righteous living. That, that means your, your focus, the, the meditation. You know you have thoughts just constantly. We all have thoughts just constantly going in our minds. That's, that means uh, training your mind to, to meditate on righteous living. That means every situation you go into, God, what, how do, what do you want me to do in these next 10 minutes, God? How, how do you want me to walk into this meeting, Lord? God, how do you want me to repair this, this tension or this, this strain that my wife and I are feeling? How, how do I need to, to, to handle that, Lord? Holy Spirit, please guide me in this situation. And, and every aspect of your life, is it focused on righteous living? Or are there areas where you kind of keep off limits to God? Like, what are those areas that you've just decided, hey, I know that God is saying these things. I know that God, God's word says these things, but that's kind of, this is my thing. Like, I'm going to figure it out myself. And I'll figure it out one day. Give me a couple years, and I'm going to figure it out. For now, God, just this is off limits to you. You've just disqualified yourself from being set apart. I'm trying to help you understand that. Because anytime we tell God things are off limits in our life, what we're telling God is, I don't want to be, a set, I don't want to be set apart for your purpose. Because I'm content with my purpose. I'm content with the life I can create for myself. And my way is better than your way, God. So no thanks. It's a life that is fully presented to God, transparent before God. There are no secrets that you can keep from God. It's fully presented to God in a way that transforms our lives to give him glory in everything that we do rather than conforming our lives to the way the world operates. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. I'm going to read these, this uh, passage in two different translations because I, I love both of them. Romans 12 is one of my, my favorite chapters, especially these first couple of sentences. This changed my life, and I'll tell you the story. Like I said, I grew up in church. I'm a pastor's son. My grandfather was a pastor. My great-grandfather was a pastor. You better know, I grew up. I knew the Bible. I knew the Word of God. I had people laying hands on me my whole life praying that God would save my soul because I was a rebellious little kid. And I went through my own journey. I went through my own time of, of trying to figure it out myself. I, I had several years, about eight years of my life. I just, I left church. I set out on my own. I, th I thought I knew best. Nobody could tell me how to live. I was going to make my own decisions. And it got me to a very low place. And then I read th this passage. Paul says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, this first part I'm reading in the ESV, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. What does he mean by present your bodies as a living sacrifice? That sounds terrifying. Am I supposed to set myself on fire for Jesus? No, he's talking about everything you do. Present your bodies, hey, everything you do, Everything you do, present it as a sacrifice to God, holy and acceptable, and that's worship. Verse 2 says, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Change the way you think. Change the way you think. Week one, we said, if you change your mind, God will change your heart. You want your life to change, start changing the way you're thinking. It, it might be difficult at first to, to look at certain lifestyles and habits and routines that you might be in. In your relationships, and what you watch, the entertainment you consume, the way you speak, the way you think. It might be hard at first to think, how am I ever going to stop doing these things? But Paul says, if we start changing the way that we think, that God is going to do something in our hearts. Don't be, be, be transformed by the renewal of your mind. That by testing, you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. If we will just renew our minds and say, okay, this is the way that God is calling me to live. This is the way God's word teaches me to live. So I'm making up my mind 
that even though I have these desires and I have these habits and I've been doing it this way all my life, I'm changing my mind about those things. I'm going to follow God. As you do that, the power of the Holy Spirit transforms your hearts so that you don't want to do those things anymore. That instead you delight in following God. I want to read the same passage in a different translation. It says this. Here's what I want you to do. God helping you take your everyday ordinary life. Your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life. Place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture, to the world, that you fit into it without even thinking Instead, fix your attention on God. That's what I'm talking about, walking around just your thoughts, meditating on God. How do you want me to be in this moment? How do you want me to represent you in this moment? What decisions do you want me to make in this moment? Fix your attention on God. You will be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what God wants from you and quickly respond to it. Quickly respond to it. Repentance is quickly responding to to what God wants for us. It's not putting it off for the future. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. That's the goal for all of us is maturity, spiritual maturity. You see, God, when we, when we are first converted, when we first come to Christ, we're infants, we're babies, we're brand new to faith. God does not want us to stay that way. He wants us to mature. He, he wants us to go through this process. He wants us to awaken to the life he has for us so that we can go out and find more people that need him and lead them on this same journey. So Paul says here in Romans 12 too, don't conform to the patterns of the world. Don't let the world corrupt you. What does that look like? Well, really, it just goes back to what I've been saying about pride and holiness. So I want to read a story Genesis chapter 4. You guys know this story. Even if you haven't grown up in church, you know the story of Cain and Abel. When it came time for harvest, Cain presented some of his crops as a gift to the Lord. I want you to notice the language here. It's time for harvest. Cain presented some of his crops as a gift to the Lord. Abel also brought a gift. The best portions of the firstborn lambs of his flock. The Lord accepted Abel and his gift, but he did not accept Cain and his gift. And this made Cain very angry, and he looked dejected. Why are you so angry, the Lord asked Cain. Why do you look so dejected? You will be accepted if you do what is right. But if you refuse to do what is right, then watch out. Sin is crouching at the door, eager to control you, but you must subdue it and be its master. Verse 8, you know this part. One day Cain suggested to his brother, let's go for a walk, buddy. Let's go out into the field. And he killed Abel out of jealousy. What, what I notice about this story is this. Cain was worshiping God. Cain was worshiping God. It, it says that Cain brought God an offering of some of his crops. The difference was Abel brought God his best. You see, Abel worshipped God the way God wanted to be worshipped. Cain worshipped God the way he wanted to worship God. One was worshipping out of a sense of pride, of I can do it my way. And the other was worshipping out of a life of holiness saying, I want to be set apart for God's purpose. And we see it in this story that the biggest enemy of holiness in our lives, the biggest enemy of us living a holy life is pride. It's pride. And there's no room for God in the life of a prideful person because a prideful person puts themselves first. Their thinking, first. Their desires, first. Their ideas, first. So why should holiness, maybe you're asking, why should this matter to me? Why should holiness matter to me? Because if I'm going to live the life that God has for me, and I'm going to do the work that he has prepared for me to do, I first have to be the person he's called me to be. 
You see, Cain wanted all the benefits and the blessing. That's what Cain wanted. He gave this offering to God and he's like, okay, bless me. All right, I'm ready for all the benefits that come with, with worshiping you now. I've given you this offering, so come on, give me what I deserve. And when he saw his brother receive the blessing, and when he saw that God accepted his brother's sacrifice, he got very jealous. Even though he wasn't worshiping God the way God wanted to be worshiped, he thought he still deserved these things. You see, if we're going to live this life, if we're gonna be able to do the work that God is calling us as the body of Christ, if, if as a church, Houston, as a church, if we're gonna be making a difference in our local communities, it's less about what we do, it's more about who we are. Ephesians chapter two, verse 10. Who are we? God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus. What for? So that we can go do the good things he planned long ago. Before we were born, God had a plan for our lives. Before you and I were born, God had work that he wanted us to do. We are God's masterpiece, the, the scripture says. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 21. Paul says, if you keep yourself pure, this is holiness living. If you keep yourself pure, you will be a special utensil for honorable use. Your life will be clean and you will be ready for the master to use you for every good work. See, I don't want to get confused, Life Church. I don't, want to, I don't want this language to confuse us. A lot of times we say you were born for a purpose. God has a purpose for your life. And that is true. But the purpose in your life that God has for you is not one thing. Don't try to narrow down God's purpose for your life to one thing you might do with your hands. God's purpose for me is not to be a preacher. God's purpose for me is not to be a pastor. That's part of it. God's purpose for me is to be the man he created me to be, to be the husband he's called me to be, to be the father he's called me to be, to be the pastor he's called. It's about who I am, not what I do. But if I am who I, God wants me to be, we see in 2 Timothy, if I am the person that God wants me to be, it says I'll be ready for God to use me for every good work. That means every situation I step into, I'll be ready for God to use me in that situation. Every crisis I might step into, God will use me in that crisis if I am the man he's called me to be. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. Going back to just differentiating between the world and God's people. Peter, in chapter two, he talks about that same similar comparisons about basically saying, don't be like the world. He says here, but you're not like that. You're not like the world. You are a chosen people. You are royal priests, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God for he called you out of darkness into his wonderful life, into his wonderful light. God called you to be set apart for the purpose of going and, and reflecting his image to the world. He wants us to be set apart so that we can reflect who he is to the world, so that we can show the world the goodness of God. And there's this tension that we all live in. We live in this tension because we live in the world. Physically, we're here. Our routines look a lot like our neighbors do. We go to work, we take our kids to school, we take them to soccer practice. We have the same uh, problems that the world does sometimes with bills and, and tension in the, in the culture and pol politics and all of that. So, so what does this mean? We have to be set apart when we are living in the world. And some of us, we're going through the same daily grind as everybody else. It means that we have to be spiritually disconnected from the world. Spiritually disconnected from the world, but at the same time, physically close to the world. It means you're in the world you're not of the world. You're living in the world. You're not living like the world. You, you, you're, you're in the world, but you're set apart for God's purpose. John chapter 17 says this, and this is Jesus' prayer. Jesus is praying for his disciples. This is, this is before he's crucified and before he ascends to heaven. He's saying, I have given them your word. He's praying to the Father. I've given them your word. And the world hates them because they do not belong to the world. 
just as I do not belong to the world. This is Jesus saying, Father, I'm not asking you to take them out of the world, but keep them safe from the evil one. They don't belong to this world any more than I do. Make them holy. Set them apart, Lord. Make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word, which is truth. Just as you sent me into the world, I am sending them. Hey, we're still being sent today, church. God is still sending us today, Houston. Verse 19 says, I give myself as a holy sacrifice for them so that they can be made holy by your truth. See, this life of holiness is not about you and me. And it's not about what we do. It's not about our efforts. It's not about how well we can conform to a certain image of Christianity. It's about recognizing that that all the holiness and, and all of that opportunity we have to be set apart and used by God is all because of Christ. And it's all because of Jesus. And that's why he's calling us to follow him. Because if we will just make up our minds and surrender our hearts to him and repent constantly and be full of the spirit, we're going to live a life of holiness set apart for God to use in the world. Holiness means living physically close to the world so that we can be salt and light, but being spiritually far from the world. What does that mean? Matthew chapter five. So here, what I just read, John 17. Jesus' whole prayer, he's saying, they're not of the world. That was his big emphasis, is his followers. They're not like the world. They're not of the world. But then in Matthew 5, we see that he says, you are the salt of the earth. But what good is salt if it has lost its flavor? Can you make it salty again? It'll be thrown out, trampled underfoot, worthless. You are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that they can think you're awesome and they can think that you got it all together and they can say, wow, what a holy person. What an incredible Christian. No, it says that everyone will praise your heavenly father. See, it's not about you and it's not about me. It's about God. Holiness is being set apart from the world in order to make a difference in the world. Being set apart from the world for God's purpose so that we can make a difference in the world. That's awaken. That's, this is where it happens like, okay, I know what my life is for. My life is to make a difference and bring God glory. My life is to be set apart so that I don't act like the world, talk like the world, think like the world, look like the world, so that I can go into the world and bring glory to the Father. So that I can step into any situation and be salt and light. So that I can be the solution. And this is where that that awakening and that realization and that revelation of the full life that God has for you, you start seeing opportunities everywhere to serve people. You start seeing opportunities everywhere of how you can step into situations and make a difference. How you can step into situations and just care for people and just love for people and love people. And when you have this this holiness lifestyle, you're constantly focused on righteous living. You're constantly focused for opportunities where you can serve and you can do the purpose that God has created you to do, that you can make a difference in the world around you. You're set apart. We're like special utensils, Paul says, reserved for the master to use for every good work. Well, here's my practical application for you. Okay, y'all ready? These are the things you're wondering, how do we become holy? Well, at first it's just recognizing there's nothing you can do. It's all through Christ. There is a fine line here. Life Church, there's a fine line here of living and pursuing a life of holiness. On one side is holiness. One side is being set apart and reserved for the work of God. The other part, the other side is self-righteousness. When, when someone starts thinking 
that they are so holy and righteous because of all the things that they do. Or even all the things, I don't do these things. I'm so holy, That's, it stinks. Self-righteousness. You start taking pride in, the, in your, your own disciplines. You start taking pride in the way that you dress and the way that you act and, and brag about how many hours you spend in prayer or, or you use scripture, all the scripture you've memorized just to condemn people to hell. That's self-righteousness and pride. That's not salt and light. There's a very fine line here. So how do we become holy? Here, here it is. Number one is live repentance. Live repentance. Repentance is not just the first thing you do. Of say, God, I'm so sorry for all my sins. Please forgive me. And I'm so glad I now get to be in the family. Or I'm so glad that now I'm forgiven so I can just, you know, I can just keep doing what I'm doing. Live Repentance. Live constantly in your mind saying, I'm going to honor God with my life. Live repentance means searching yourself and examining yourself and allowing the Holy Spirit to examine you and convict you where, where you see things that are not honoring to God in your life and quickly you determine to change those things. That's what it means to live repentance. Second thing is to be full of the Spirit. Yes, this is weeks one and two. I'm just giving you Weeks one and two of this series, right there. Live repentance, be full of the Spirit. Another thing that will help you is to read God's Word. That's what it says in the notes. That's what it says on the screen, Houston, but I'll just, I'm going to like put an asterisk next to it, okay? Study God's Word. Because I know it's easy to like read the verse of the day, and that's great. But, but reading the verse of the day is not the same as opening up a Bible, a study Bible, and diving in and understanding context and, and growing in your understanding of God's word. Because as you grow in your understanding, it's not about how much knowledge you have so, so we can walk around and seem like, oh, well, I, look how theologically sound I am. I know. No, it's so that we can understand the things that God is calling us to do. So that we can live by his word. So we can hide it in our hearts. Number four is to worship God. Daily, daily worship God. And I, listen, a great practice is to sing. And I sometimes in my home alone will be in my living room, I'll pull up worship music on YouTube and I'll just have a worship service right there in my house by myself. And I'll be weeping and crying and down on the ground and all sorts of stuff. But like Paul said, it's not just about those moments. While those moments are amazing, it's about everything we do. Paul said, you're ever, take your everyday life. You're sleeping, eating, walking around, going to work, life. Present it before God as an offering. This is true worship. Worship God. Maybe you have a job where you don't think like, like this, like, maybe you're a waitress at a restaurant. You're like, this, how does this bring glory to God, this job? It's not connected. See, this is separate. And, and we can think, this, this is separate from my ministry. This is separate from my church life, this is separate from my faith, this is, just what I, this is just my job, this is what I do to make money. No, your approach to it and the way that you perform that work is worship to God. Number five is pray. So we have the list here, how do we become holy? This is, this, I'm just giving you five easy practical applications. Live repentance, be full of the spirit, read God's word, worship God, pray. Because if you will make this a part of your life. Listen, don't make these habits. I was talking with our uh, uh, assistant worship pastor, Bryce Condon, and we were talking about this message. And he says, you know, there's a, there's a difference between habits and disciplines. Because a habit is something you can do without even really thinking about it, right? A habit is something where you can just get stuck in a routine, at, like driving home. How many of you pull into your driveway and you're like, whoa, how did I get here? Right? Because it's a habit. You can totally just be absent-minded while you do it. These things cannot be habits. You cannot be absent-minded while reading God's word or by, by, while you're worshiping God. You cannot be absent-minded. In prayer, you cannot be absent-minded. If you come to the end of your day and you're like, oh, I haven't prayed yet. God, thanks, for the, thanks. you're awesome. Like, don't, don't, just, don't just check it off the list is what I'm saying. A discipline is something you are intentional about. A discipline is something that you are focused on. 
A discipline is something that if you're reading the word of God out of discipline, you're saying, I'm going to study this till I understand it and it transforms me. I'm going to study this and understand it so that I can have a revelation of who God is. I'm going to study this and understand it so that I can have a, a greater revelation of who he is so I can teach others. In prayer, you know, prayer is supposed to be for us to connect relationally with the Father. Uh, my brother, uh, uh, Pastor Ben, he, he's on staff as our teaching pastor. He's been here now a couple of weeks, and he led a devotion for us, the staff. He led a devotion about the Lord's Prayer, and it was incredible. And he, he went through just that outline that Jesus gives us of how to pray. And the whole purpose of that prayer that Jesus is teaching us is how to connect relationally with God. And so this week, coming up, this week coming up we're going to have a video that we'll put out on our YouTube channel. We'll, we'll post it to our, our uh, website as well. But it's just a teaching of how to go through the Lord's Prayer. Te- if, you, if you're curious, how do I pray? Or how do I, how do I pray better? Or how do I pray the way Jesus teaches us to pray? That we're going to have a video that walks through that. So be looking for that on social media. Be looking for that on you, our YouTube channel. Just search Life Church HTX on any social media platform. But it's an incredible, incredible uh, prayer outline that he, that he gave us. Friends, we're in Houston. Will you stand with me? Listen, I know that these last couple of weeks I've been preaching at you really hard. Today I just was more of a teaching. Today was just us understanding. Today was just us understanding what holiness is all about. It means being set apart. Being set apart so that God can use us. And one of the best things that you can do in this journey, one of the best things for that awakening to happen in your life and in my life is when we get the right people around us. It's when we get the right people around us. You you were not made to go on this journey alone. You were not made to, to have this faith experience by yourself. That's why God made the church, for us to be together, united, so we can support each other, so we can pray for each other, so we can lean on one another. And today you have the opportunity. Houston, you have the opportunity to join a life group. And don't let that intimidate you. You join one of these life groups, what you're going to find is a circle of friends. You're going to meet some incredible people. You're not going to feel like a stranger in the house anymore. People are going to know you by name. They're going to pray for you in your times of need. They're, they're, going to, they're going to walk on this journey with you. All of us, we carry around shame. We carry around regret. We carry around guilt. It's part of being human. It's part of our sinful nature is that, that we all carry around some baggage. The Bible tells us in James chapter 5, verse 16, that if we will confess our sins, basically if we will say, this is who I really am. Hey, this is what I'm going through. If we can find people in our life that we say, hey, this is who I am, this is what I'm going through, and I need you to pray for me, or I need your advice, or I need your help, that if we do that, we will be healed. And a life group is your opportunity for that. And don't worry, you don't have to sit around in a circle on day one and confess all your sins to each other. That's not how they work. It's just 12 weeks where you get to meet some new people, hang out with them, and develop some some solid Christ-centered relationships. So you can go to life.cc slash lifegroups or after service here at Friendswood, there at Houston and also over at League City. Our life group leaders are gonna be available for you here. They'll be outside at Houston. They'll be in the lobby. So go find these life group leaders. They'll be holding signs with a description of their group and you can go and meet them, talk to them, find out if it's the right group for you and you can sign up today. You can sign up for a few because you might go to one and realize I don't really mesh here. I I don't really fit in with these people. That's okay because there's a variety of groups. So sign up for a couple of them and then just stick with the one that's the best fit for you. But the most important thing is that you get the right circle of people around you. And the other thing is this. Today's message is about holiness being set apart. So a big part of it is getting in a group because we're the body of Christ. Like, it's no good for us just to show up Sunday after Sunday and not be connected to each other. Life Church, we are one church in three locations. It's not enough if we just have a crowd on Sunday. Like, we got to know each other. Like, Pollard, you need to know Yuli. Elvin, you need to know Gabe. 
Like we need to know each other and because that's, why, that's how we become united in vision and purpose. Like as a church, as a body of believers, that's how we become united with one another, all for the purpose of doing God's work. And another way that you can cultivate this lifestyle of holiness is by serving. This is where the whole series is going. I told you that last week. This whole series of awakening starts with repentance, then being full of the power of the Holy Spirit, and living a life of holiness that's set apart for what? So we can feel good about ourselves? So we can have good church on Sunday? So we can shout it down and, and feel the presence of God and go home and feel great? Can't wait till next week when we do it all again and God is saying, wake up! Wake up. Where's it going? Evangelism, missions, just serving, 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 going out and doing God's work, living a life of repentance, being full of his power, set apart to do his work. That's where we're going. And we're going to have opportunities. We already have opportunities in Life Church for you to serve. We're going to have more opportunities for us to serve our local communities. We're going to have, we're going to have, uh, things set up where we're going to be very focused on different areas around our communities where you can jump in and say, okay, I want to serve. And not just a one-time thing. Not just like a one-time, I served on that day, I'm good till next year. No. So you can develop and cultivate this lifestyle of holiness where you're constantly looking for opportunities to serve people. One of the best ways, I want everybody to hear me here in Friendswood, everybody in Houston, one of the best ways you can cultivate a holy lifestyle is very easy. Just serving in the local church. Just serving in the local church. Serving on Sundays. Pastor Tito said it here at Friendswood during our transitions. He said, the flags and everything we see outside here at the Houston campus, all the signs set up, doesn't magically just fall from the sky. There's people that get here early. Joseph, what time does your team get here, Joseph? Eight o'clock. 8 a.m., service starts at 10. There's a group of people that are serving. And that's not reserved for a selected few people. It's for everybody. Everybody. And it's not about what we do. Church is not about what happens inside these walls. It's about what we do outside these walls. That's very true. This is the training ground, people. This is the training ground. This is where we encounter God, where we hear teaching from the word of God, and where we cultivate the life that he has for us. If we can develop a servant's heart in here, then we can take that servant's heart out of these four walls. So next week, August the 28th, Sunday, August 28th, Sunday, August 28th, very easy because it's next Sunday, we're having an event called Discover Life at every campus, Friendswood, Houston, League City. It's not a class. We're not gonna have you come in and sit at a table and take a test. That's not what it is. It's just an opportunity for you to come to this event and say, I, I wanna hear more about this life that God has for me. I, I wanna hear more about what it means to be on the team. I'm ready to do my part. Whatever you need, maybe you need me in the parking lot, Maybe you need me making coffee. Maybe you need me standing at the door and greeting visitors. I'm just ready to do my part. I'm ready to start serving. Maybe you have a gift. Playing an instrument, singing, media. Maybe you've been trained in some specialized field. Maybe you're a plumber, guess what? We need some help. Over here and our kids, we need some help. Listen, just having the heart of saying, I'm ready to start serving. I, I'm ready to make my life more about others and less about myself. I'm, I'm ready to develop this life of holiness where I'm set apart for God. And I, I need some help. I, I need to develop that so that when I go to my job and I go back to my family and I go to these other situations outside of church that I've already developed that heart sermon. I'm inviting, it's a personal invitation to everybody sitting in here, everybody in Houston, everybody that's watching online, maybe you're at home today, that's okay. Come to Discover Life next week. We're gonna hang out. We're gonna have some food. We're gonna have fun. And I got some resources I wanna give you that, that tell you more about this. 
You can take your next step and you can join a team. All right, I, I went. See, I was wrapping up and I just went 10 more minutes, guys. I thought I was landing the plane and here I am 10 minutes later. I'm sorry. That's the call to action today. We're get, we have our prayer team here at Friendswood in the back of the room. If you'll if you raise your hand, prayer team, you can make your way. Sorry, they weren't there yet. I can't even see back there. Houston prayer team, if, they, if you'll take your place, we're going to have another time of worship to close the service. They're going to sing that song, Fresh Wind, here at Friendswood. I probably just threw a curveball to the Houston team. <laughs> but we're going to have a time of worship. If you need prayer, our prayer team is available. But let's, let's reflect on this. Awaken. Your life is called to be set apart. You are special. You are called highly favored. You are, you're like royal priests. You're a holy nation, God's own people, Life Church, that He wants to use to make a difference in Houston and Lee City, Friendswood. It won't happen until we awaken and realize that and we take our next step. So I'm going to pray for both campuses. As soon as I say amen, I'm handing it over to the worship team there. So let me pray for you, Lord. We thank you so much for your goodness, your provision, your blessings. Thank you, Lord, that you have called us to a great life. You have called us to live the best life that we could ever live. A life of purpose. A life that is bigger than us. It's bigger than us by ourselves. A life that's going out and, and meeting the needs of people where we're being salt and light. Where we're going to the dark places and we're bringing light. Where we're going to the unsavory places and we're bringing salt. Where we're just representing you in every way. In every part of our lives, we're representing you. We're bringing you honor. That's what we want to be. We want to be holy and set apart for your glory. Not for ourselves. God, give us humility. Give us humility. Help us to see if there are areas in our life where pride has just consumed us, our own ways of thinking, our own preferences. Maybe we need to repent today when we start recognizing how we've been so prideful or where we've told you, no, not your way, my way. Help us to see those parts of our life. Search our hearts, search our minds. What is it that we're holding on to? We want to be holy and set apart. That means we are surrendering everything to you. We want to be holy and set apart to serve your purpose, to build your kingdom, to reach people that are hurting, take them the message of Jesus Christ so they can experience this full life as well. In Jesus' name I pray. Everybody said, amen.